Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. So just wanted to welcome you here. I'm glad that you've made the choice today to come and worship with us this morning. And uh, this morning, you know, I make no apologies today for what I'll be speaking on today. Um, I, you know, I wait on God during the course of the week for a, for a message or what I feel is, is what God's wanting to bring on a particular day. And uh, I haven't been able to shake um, what I'm about to speak about today. And, you know, I just want to bring a disclaimer. Um, if you've come this morning wanting to hear another message about God's great love for you or the salvation that Jesus won for us, which is the bedrock of, of our faith, I just want to say this morning you're in the wrong building. Today, what I'm about to touch on, uh, I believe, is so, so important and so, so significant to us as individuals, as Christ followers, as mums and dads, as parents, aunties and uncles, grandmothers, grandfathers, etc. And I just feel this morning just bringing like a fatherly um, encouragement to us about where we are uh, at the moment. Today, I want to address the, the dark cloud uh, that's hanging over our great nation and more importantly, our Christian traditions and values and the title of my message this morning is this it's time to be counted it's time to stand up and I'll talk a little bit about why in a moment but on the 15th of November uh, the postal vote was counted and 62% of Australians voted to have traditional marriage redefined a marriage between two people we haven't heard much more in the media after that point and I want to draw out a few thoughts this morning that I think are very important for us to take on board to reflect about where we are now but also potentially where we could be in a year's time as well as a nation. Um, What most of the majority of the yes voters and many of the no voters failed to understand is that redefining marriage is more about redefining our society than just redefining marriage. The push behind redefining marriage and the real agenda is the removal of biblical teaching from every sphere of our society. Last week, I I made a comment and um, people clapped and said, yay, that's great. Uh, But I made a comment uh, last week that I'm a part of a small minority in Australia today. How's that? Wow, Shane Cook and Rachel Cook, now a part of a small minority in Australia. Um, last week we, we clapped that when I said that because we thought, I think many people thought we were reflecting on the four point something million people that voted no, but I was meaning from the fact that I and Rachel would be protected under the law to be able to say what we feel is the, the biblical truth about marriage, about sexuality without any fear of prosecution. But the reality is today, at this point, we can't say that about everybody else. And I want to dive into a few things and bring some thoughts to your attention this morning. And again, if you've come to church and you're thinking, this is not what I've come for, I really want to encourage you today, you need to hear this. Amen? So what we're discovering, there's a real possibility that the 4.5 million no voters will lose their freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Currently before the, the parliament, it's going to come up on the screen there, is the Dean Smith bill. This is the bill that's been um, um, uh, proposed right across the parliament uh, and both parties in the, uh, the Labor Party, the Greens, uh, the Coalition, Liberal National Party as well. This is the bill. I want to bring it to your attention. I want to draw a few things out of it that I think are very, very important for us to be aware of today because what potentially could transpire in the coming months could affect our nation and our freedom for years to come. That's why I think it's important for us to hear it this morning. So give me a big smile before I continue. Is this all right? <laughs> 
So this is the ex excerpt out of um, the Dean Smith bill. I'll read it to you. You can look at it up there, and then I want to draw your attention to a couple of things. It says, Religious marriage celebrants and certain Australian Defence Force officials enable ministers of religion, religious marriage celebrants, chaplains and bodies established for religious purposes to refuse to solemnize or provide facilities, goods and services for marriages on religious grounds, to make amendments contingent to the commencement of the proposed civil law and justice legalization. Amendment Act 2017 and Sex Discrimination Act 1984. To provide that a refusal by a minister of religion, religious marriage celebrant or chaplain to solemnize marriage in prescribed circumstances does not constitute unlawful discrimination. Have a look at that last part there and read into what it's actually saying about who is protected. Who has got the freedom of religion and the freedom of speech under this proposed bill? To provide that a refusal by a minister of religion, a religious mar marriage celebrant, or a chaplain to solemnize marriage is prescribed circumstances does not constitute unlawful discrimination. I want to bring to your attention this morning that in this bill there is no mention of your local Christian photographer. I know one of those. There's no mention of uh, Christian catering businesses being protected. There's no talk there about Christian schools being protected. There's no discussion in that legislation about Christian charities being protected. Uh, protected under that bill. All that bill states is that religious ministers, um, 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 religious celebrants are protected under this bill to have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. But nowhere in this bill does it mention the everyday individual who potentially would be a conscientious objector to what has been proposed across the life of our parliament and our nation today. During the postal vote, our PM stated constantly that he values freedom of religion and freedom of speech far above same-sex marriage. But this week it was announced that the same-sex marriage bill will go through and there will be a parliament committee that will be put together around March next year where they then will start to discuss how this bill potentially will affect everyday citizens, i.e., the four point whatever it was million people that said no. I fear in this whole journey that we're on that potentially everyday citizens in Australia that have a view that's, that's contrary to the media, that have a biblical view on marriage, a biblical view on the Christian values and the ethos in our nation will be potentially stripped of their freedom of being able to share it in their workplace, to share it in their places of education, to share it in their neighbourhood potentially, where people will say, well, you can be prosecuted for sharing a view that is totally contrary to what we perceive to be the so-called majority in Australia today. November the 21st this week, George Brandis, a, a candid uh, yes, a yes voter, the headline said this, George Brandis says, no harm in including statement in gay marriage bill to protect religious up to protect religion. This is what he said in this article. Parents could be allowed to remove their children from classes where non-traditional marriage is taught under a major addition to the same-sex marriage bill being considered by attorney George Brandis. goes on to say, therefore the question remains, 
Will parents in faith-based schools be able to opt out of state and territory mandated curriculums that runs contrary to their moral or religious convictions? Goes on. I'm of the view parents and faith-based schools should have the protection, particularly if it relates to their views on marriage. So, parents could have the right to remove their children from safe school classes and faith-based schools should have the rights to teach their view of biblical marriage. If you're not concerned, you should be. Because it says their parents could be and faith-based schools should be. But no one anywhere in the discussion so far is saying, yes, they will have. That's the scary thought about where we are this morning. And again, you know, this is not one of those hallelujah, praise the Lord messages. Oh, I feel the goosebumps of the Holy Spirit running down my back right now. No, this is to educate our minds to be fully aware of what is before us and to, and to encourage us to stand and fight the good faith. The good fight, I should say. It's a good faith. Amen? So I wanted to touch on um, a few things this morning. If, if you're bored, you can leave the building. Amen. Uh, you won't upset me. I don't get upset. Well, only when some men outfish me, and then I get upset. An article um, uh, written by a Christian lady from Canada. Um, it was written in 2015. Um, Lizzie Singh, she's a Canadian lawyer and uh, a young mother. Um, she's a Catholic as well. I just wanted to bring, it's a five-page five uh, 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 document, I'm not going to read it all to you, but just bring some things to your attention as to what's transpired in Canada over the last number of years. Um, Canada legalized same-sex marriage in 2005, the fourth country in the world to do so. During the rushed public debate, does that sound familiar? During the rushed public debate, that preceded legalization, the Christian and traditional understanding of marriage as union between a man and a woman had strong support. Polls showed a split among Canadians, and the majority, 52%, were actually against legalization at the time that it occurred. Moving on. Today, different opinions of gender identity and same-sex marriage are no longer tolerated. Our society is sweeping away respect for religious faiths that do not accept and celebrate same-sex marriage. Marriage and the Civil Marriage Act assurances seem merely farcical. It's not premature to speak of open, uh, open discrimination against Christians in Canada. goes on. The implication could not be more clear. Christians who believe in traditional marriage are the modern-day equivalent of racists and warrant identical exclusion. Christian lawyers across Canada are now repeating the words of prominent Ontario uh, lawyer Alberto, so I can't even say his second name, it's about 15 words. Um, that part of the article there talks about Christian lawyers in Canada that are getting uh, pushed out of the legal system. Um, so much so that even businesses now are, are, are refusing to want to deal with them because of their view biblical view Catholics seen as opposed to human rights the view that same article the view that the view that Christians are no longer fit for certain jobs is spreading out beyond the legal profession in March Toronto City Council voted to remove the nomination of a Catholic school trustee to the city's board of health the trustee had not shown any wrongdoings or incompetence the city councillors didn't even try to argue their stated concern was that the trustee had a history of voting in line with Catholic teachings i.e. biblical values 
This, remember, again, this next part I'll read to you is written in 2015. It says, This coming September, all publicly funded schools in the province of Ontario, whether Catholic or secular, must begin to teach an aggressive new sexual education curriculum, which is categorically opposed to Catholic teaching on sexuality and the human person. Starting in grade three, the curriculum introduces children to the idea that gender is fluid and that little boys can decide to be girls or vice versa. The message is that transgender desires are just perfectly normal as homosexual learnings, or leanings, I should say. Um, I was in um, the office the other day. Um, If I'm not in the office, I'm in the daycare centre. It's pretty simple. You'll find me in one of those. But I had our, uh, our director come in, which is Ruth, doing a great job, amazing job. But what was the organisation that declared um, December to be genderless? So Early, early Childhood Dis- Australia, um, which is the body... <laughs> See, I'm even thinking in my mind right now, should this be recorded? How crazy is this? It's disgusting, that's what it is. Thanks. <laughs> so Early Childhood Australia has now announced for the, the children that are from naught to five years of age, right across the learning organisations, they've announced a genderless December. You know, I'd call that child abuse. I'll read a little bit more, then we'll move on, and then we'll finish. We'll go home, have a great lunch, and get ready to change Australia. The days of socially acceptable Christianity are over. The days of comfortable Catholicism are past. Powerful forces and currents in our society press us to be ashamed of the gospel, ashamed of our faith, teaching on marriage and the conjunal, uh, that, that word there, the union of a husband and wife. These forces insist that the church's teachings are out of date, retrograde, insensitive, uncompassionate. Illiberal, bigoted, even hateful. These same forces say that you are a homophobe, a bigot, someone who doesn't believe in equality, yet you represent a threat to people's possible safety. You ought to be ashamed. One may, in consequence of one's public witness, be discriminated against and denied educational opportunities on the, uh, and the prestigious credentials that they may offer. One may lose valuable opportunities for employment, professional advancement. One may be excluded from worldly recognition and honours of various sorts. One witness may even cost uh, one's true friendships. Yes, there are costs to discipleships, very heavy ones. You know, I was reflecting on um, Margaret Court, <laughs> she's the greatest she's the greatest tennis legend that the world has ever had no one has achieved what Margaret has achieved and yet because she simply shared her traditional view on marriage based upon scripture she's been ostracized she's been criticized she's been ridiculed they've t- talked about taking her name off off um, 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 tennis pavilions, all because she's sharing her freedom of speech and her freedom of religion. Today, my intention for sharing this is not to alarm you, but to arm you. Over the coming weeks and months, we all need to stand up for our freedom of religion and speech, and I really want to encourage you to contact, to write a letter 
um, or we might even write just one letter and send it to our federal MPs. They need to hear today from the other four plus million of Australians that have a desire to want to maintain their freedom of speech and freedom of religion. Because if that bill, the Dean Smith bill, goes through Parliament in its current form, you will run the risk of being litigated or, 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 or brought to court if you share your view. And it's deemed to be discriminatory. I believe it's time for us to take a stand. As Christians, we need uh, not just to roll over like sheep. Yes, we are the sheep of his pastures. Bah. But I don't care. I don't believe that the Lord's calling is just to roll over on something like this. I believe that he's wanting us to stand up. I believe he's wanting us to, 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 to be to be diligent and faithful, allow what, what many have given their lives for not to be taken for us so easily. And, you know, the fear for many of us at this time is that Australians, we're so good at saying she'll be right, mate. I want to say this morning, mate, it won't be right unless we stand up, unless we start to voice our opinion and voice our concerns about what's taking place in Parliament now. How can you call for point something million people a minority but that's what the media's done they're calling us a minority we're not a minority we just need to get our our voices going we, we we need to get some action happening we need to start to speak up and speak out amen scripture encourages us i'm just about finished this morning um i think i am uh, scripture encourages us to, to stand up and to fight for what's right in jude chapter 1 verse 2 it says beloved while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once all delivered to the saints. Listen to it. To contend earnestly for the faith. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you are also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, Therefore, brethren, stand fast and hold the traditions which were taught, whether by word or by epistle. The words there, condemn, contend, fight, stand. Contend means to struggle for, earnestly contend for. To fight means conflict, contention, to strive for. To stand means to persevere, to stand fast. To stand up. Not sit down in our comfortable little homes and just just think that everything will be all right and the, the government will look after our faith and our freedom. That's crazy stuff. We need to stand. I'm spitting. Straight after the vote, if you could bring that picture up. Straight after the vote, this was a, a, a painting that a local Sydney cider put up on a, the side of the, the hotel. I find it deplorable find it disgusting but that there is representative of the spirit that we're facing you know there um, Tony Abbott Tony Abbott I highly respect the man uh, I think he's been a great leader everyone can have their view and that's mine I just happen to have the microphone <laughs> great man um, he's been a, a great proponent to maintaining our our, our, our Christian Judeo heritage in Australia and always been very supportive of that and then you see George Cardinal George Pell um, you can see where Tony Abbott's hand is uh, George Pell saying oh yes and the happy ending 
that for me is reflective of what we are against or what we need to push back against. It's time for us as, as Christians to start to, 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 to voice our, our faith and our views. I want to bring the next slide, not yet. The next slide represents two Christian men from, two Christian young guys from Western Sydney went out about two days later and this is what they did. I looked into the people here because I think that this is the sort of action that we need. The Lord doesn't call us to violence, I get that. Of course not. But these young men were so stirred and moved by what they saw, the, the depravity and the, the degradation of the church and some leaders within it, that they were moved to travel from Western Sydney to where that hotel was, and overnight they painted all of it out except their, their, the top part there and, and the gentleman's name. But what I wanted to bring to your attention this morning is the people on your right there. These are Maronite Christians, predominantly from the Middle East come from Syria and parts of Lebanon. After they were so disgusted and moved by what they saw, they decided to have a prayer vigil at that place. And I got to thinking. I started to think about, well, why just that group of, of Christians? And then I started to reflect on where they've come from. Syria, that openly persecutes Christians. Major parts of Lebanon that get persecuted because of their Christian faith. And then I thought to myself, these people understand the value of um, um, freedom of religion so much so that they were so moved by what they saw and, and, and with all of their... With all of their their heart and their intention, they're, they're wanting to lay a hold of and continue to lay a hold of the freedom that we have in this nation. Because they understand what living in a nation that persecutes Christians is like. And I just wonder if this is the sort of push that the Lord wants to push us in. Get up. I don't know, I'm not saying, you know, walk to Parliament and stand out the front with a big poster or something. I don't, I don't know, but I think it's time for us to act. To act. Why is it time for us to act? Because it's about the future. It's about our children and their grandchildren. That's what it's about. Just thinking, maybe sing that song. Onward, Christian soldiers, marching off to war. Percy and Moira know that one. Amen. <laughs> Great traditions. Safe schools. Look, if you haven't looked at the curriculum within safe schools, mum or dad, Turn off Netflix, turn off whatever, 
and spend an hour or so having a look at what is being presented there. It's not nice. Again, as I said, this is about future generations and we have a moral responsibility and a faith to take a stand. You know, I was just thinking, you know, imagine if, imagine if, if we don't do what we can do now in this generation. Uh, sometime in the future, um, my daughter, for example, probably should have picked on my son, but my children, they're going to get married. Amen? To beautiful Christian people. And hopefully, hopefully I'll, we'll get to the point where they'll have grandkids. And how sad would it be that one day my little granddaughter comes home and talks about the way that she was treated in school because of her Christian faith and weeps on my shoulder telling me how devastated she was by the sexual education that she was given and that her mum and dad couldn't do a thing about it. Extreme? Yep. Am I a radical? You know, again, I, I just couldn't shake sharing that with you this morning. And again, you know, it's not a yippee-yay message, but it's where we are right now. We need to pray. We need to speak. We need to act. I believe that God is wanting to raise up a whole new level of political missionaries across our nation. We think about all that's taking place. How is it happening politically? I'm challenging you. I, I'm, I'm pleading with you today that if you're here in this place and you feel that God has put a political bone in your body, then we need Christ-centered men and women in the political arena across our nation, locally, state, federally, amen, that can stand up and be representative of our voices, not just laying down and saying, she'll be right, mate. It won't be. It won't be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we live in the land known as the great south land of the Holy Ghost. I pray to, today, Lord, for a spiritual awakening. I pray, Lord, that each of us would internalize what's happening in our nation right now. We lift our parliament to you. We lift every parliament member today. We pray for the conviction of God upon each individual. That freedom of religion and freedom of speech would remain in our great country. Father, also pray today that you would raise up political missionaries. 
and that we, your people, would fully support them and encourage them to represent your church. Jesus, I want to thank you today for your words that speak about who you've called us to be. You said, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I believe it's time for us not to shy back but to shine out. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, bless the Lord. If you have any prayer uh, needs straight after the service, you'd love to make your way to the altar. We'd love to pray with you there. Uh, We're going to finish with a song. If I could just have the band to come back again. Again, thank you so much for coming today. Uh, Dr. Kate and Graham, we so appreciate you being here today, man. Awesome. <laughs>